We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. friends, welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com, joined as always by my co-editor and friend, Josh Bow. Josh, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? You holding up okay? Uh, you know, uh, I'm tired. Um, not too tired. Not, not as tired as I look or feel. Like, I don't really understand the the justification for how tired I feel at the moment when my wife has been doing more of the work than me. Um, but me and the Mavericks share something in common where we're a little more tired than we ought to be considering the the sort of what's been going on in, in both basketball and then in my life. And so the Mavericks uh, fell tonight to the Toronto Raptors at home, 127 to 116. Um, the Raptors... Barring a game they played against the Bucks the other day, have have really had a putrid offense. And there's so many places we could talk about this game from. And I I I don't like I'm tired enough to where I'm I'm almost in excuse making mode for these Mavericks. But that was a really frustrating game to watch. And I'm struggling to sort of contextualize what things are worth being frustrated about. Does that make any sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're six and two, so you don't want to say the right. sky is falling after one loss. Um, That's but I exactly guess, right. Yeah. So, but so I guess the thing is, um, you know, it's it's the it's the defense and specifically the paint defense. Um, it's been a problem every game. It's yeah. That's what that's the thing. It's it's been bad all season, and it was bad again tonight. Um, they allowed Toronto to score seventy two points in the paint. Uh, for some context, um, last season, because it's still too early in the season for me to use, I think use this season. So for last I need about season, twenty games, yeah, yeah. So for last season, Memphis led the league 
in points in the paint per game at 57.7. 15th was Washington at 51. So you would consider, you know, anything below 50 is pretty good. Anything, you know, above 53 or so is, is bad. And the first two games of the season, the Mavericks um, held the Spurs to 46 points in the paint and then the Nets to 42 points in the paint. Here are the numbers since then. Memphis, 52. Chicago, 54. Denver, 68. Charlotte, 72. Orlando, 52. And now Toronto, 72. So... You know, to give up two 70-plus points, uh, games of points in the paint, and then another 68-pointer, and we're only eight games into the season, um, that's that's not ideal. Uh, and if you look at the shot chart, I tweeted it out tonight, it's, it's hilarious. Like, Toronto literally did nothing outside of the paint. I mean, literally nothing. They were two of nine from mid-range. They were 11 uh, of 33 from three. Um, so this is not one of those games where, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, ah, well, Toronto got hot from three and, and three point shooting is variable and just a bad, bad luck night for the Mavericks. No, um, this was a very, <clears throat> excuse me. This was a very poor defensive effort. And, um, that's the reason they lost. Uh, there was, there was no variance in this game for sure. And so it's worth, it's worth pointing out at this point. Derek Lively did not play. He was sort of a late after like mid afternoon scratch. Like he clearly started to feel sick and they decided to hold him out of the game, which is fine. And so what his absence points to once again is, is number one, how important he is to what they do, but he's been there for these, for all these games, except for this one. So it's it's not like he's (laughs) not helping that much on the paint defense where he's helping is the rebounding and the Mavericks like what's the difference in boards tonight? I get the Mavericks only got rebounded if, by five, but it did not. No, no, it's it 50 to 38. Why am I seeing uh, NBA.com has um 50 uh 60 to 55? What in the oh, world is the difference there? I'm looking at ESPN, my bad. ESPN, no, ESPN's API, so the link between the two has been goofy lately. Like, I wasn't even getting, because I, I always keep the game stats up and the play-by-play, and it was not, there was something afoot there. Okay. And so it's, yeah, and and it, so the, and it, this says the Toronto Raptors had 50 rebounds and the Mavericks had 38. Yes, I don't yeah. know what the, the... Well, either way, both of them have the Raptors with 15 offensive rebounds uh and that's where that's yeah. where lively would have helped sort of helps. sort of yeah. clean up some of the mess there and, and that's not to say we think lively is like a bad paint defender or anything it's no it's it's because... i don't even know where <laughs> to begin with how bad this this perimeter defense yes. has been because <laughs> the person who i want to talk about is not the primary culprit i i, I i'm not even really sure what to like where to sort of consider because it's like all right you go from the basis point of if you're going to start Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic you have to understand that you're at a a disadvantage defensively already doesn't matter how hard they try it's neither is particularly good at it though they can buckle down for a series of possessions 
that you know, I think Derek Jones Jr. has done okay. I think Grant Williams has done okay. But then, you know, no lively. And it's it's I'm not I just I watch these guys closeouts and how badly they get beat at the point of attack. And you could just go through the lineup tonight. Luca got embarrassed a few times. Like there was some there's some Dennis Schroeder layups in the second half from like, yeah. come on, man. Like I get OG and, and had a dunk on the baseline when he did a really bad gamble on a steal. And um, and here's where we point out that this was the Mavericks third game in four nights. I think that is a value. It is the only the eighth game of the season, but they played in Dallas Sunday, traveled to Orlando, played a game less than 23 hours after the start time of the previous game then they fly back home they probably have a day to rest they looked off kilter from the get-go and they never really turned it on but i i that feels like excuse making for a team that there's not a single guy that you go through this you're like oh that person's capable of making a decent defensive stop tonight and that, that's not every night, because I, I think Grant Williams can do pretty well some nights. I think Josh Green can do pretty well some nights. But there's just some really – oh, um, I don't really know how to talk about it without sounding like a huge asshole. <laughs> well, this is just a bad – first off, you know, this is a bad matchup. Um, Toronto, they're big and long. Yeah, um, and, and they're bigger. You know, Orlando's also a pretty big and long team, but Toronto's bigger. And also, you know, like Pascal Siakam is a better post player than anything Orlando has. So Orlando wasn't really able to capitalize as much on it because they've got Franz Wagner and they've got Paulo Benchero, who are some big forwards that can score. But those guys like to face up and drive. Uh-huh. Um, they don't necessarily like to back you down. And we saw Scotty Barnes. We saw Pascal. We even saw OG do it a little bit. Um, just continuously back down a smaller defender that they had. I mean, what Pascal is, is is how tall? I mean, he's almost six ten, right? I mean, he's like, yeah, he's like six eight with a with a really long wingspan. Grant Williams is six six. Uh, he just backed him down and shot right over him. I mean, there just wasn't much the Mavericks could do in those scenarios besides double, and I don't think they felt too comfortable doubling. Um, yeah. Toronto shot chart is hilarious because again, everything they did was at the rim and in the paint. Siakam was six of seven at the rim and nine of 10 in the paint uh, outside the restricted area. Like just a dominant performance because he never really went against someone bigger than him. Um, Eventually the Mavericks went to maxi and I think the, and and they had pal a couple times, but you know, it just didn't really matter. I think this is where maxi just not being the same player he was. <clears throat> two or three years ago, it really hurts. And of course, this is a game where he's coming back. He hasn't played in a few games with a dislocated toe, so who knows how well he was feeling tonight. Um, but yeah, the Mavericks just didn't have didn't have any answers for Pascal because there was just, physically just no one on the roster without Lively <clears throat> could guard him. And it was getting so bad that I almost wondered, should the Mavericks do some, some maxi pal double big lineups. And I think Toronto was smart. I don't know if they tried to counter the Mavericks before they could counter, but in the second half, uh, Jakob Pertle barely played. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Their, their coach, their coach did laps around the Mavericks tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Jakob Pertle played five minutes in the second half. So Toronto 
basically was paying either Pascal at the five or uh, uh, Chris Boucher at the, at the, at the five and basically negate. Cause you can't do Maxi Powell if Pirtle's not on the floor. No. Um, <laughs> Cause that presents. So it was almost like, I wonder if Toronto at halftime was like, look, the Mavs might try to go big because they can hide a big on Pirtle. They, they can hide Dwight Powell on Pirtle. It's not a big deal. But they just didn't play Pirtle in the second half, and they kind of forced the Mavs to meet them with a small ball lineup of their own. And Toronto's small ball lineup is just light years bigger than the Mavericks. That's just, yeah, and that's that like happens. that comes back to the same thing we saw during the Denver game is that when the Mavericks go small, it's small enough to the point to where when it's not working, even the notoriously positive Dallas Mavericks announce crew is kind of like. Hey, this isn't great. <laughs> I just and I'm not really sure what you do about it because I don't blame Maxi for the position the Dallas Mavericks coaches put him in and have no, put won't. him in for three years now. He has been burnt toast for a long time. They gave him an extension, which was a mistake at the time. Uh, even though it's for a reasonable amount of money. I hear, you know, there's both sides of this, but it's just he, he's been bad since basically, you know, he, he played pretty well in the Utah series, but he was awful that entire March. Remember, he made, I think he made like eight threes in March of 22. And like that was not 22, or was it 22? 21. 22, the, I don't yeah. know. Time, 20, time I, think was 20, I think it was 22. It was on the way to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, 22. That was, that was when he really, he played outstanding. And it's just, it's been a real long time. Um, I, 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 and then you got Powell who is just clearly outsized. And so it's people on my social feeds and then my personal life are like, how can the Mavericks keep doing this? Blah, 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 blah. Well, the, the first answer is that when you have Derek Lively, everything else, everybody slots back a slot, a, a position right. and you can tolerate the Powell minutes. But then I'm looking at everyone else out there, and I just find myself getting more and more frustrated. I have waited five more minutes after saying I, I wanted to talk about the person, like I wanted to lead off with this person. I can't watch Josh Green play basketball when he's bad. This was a bad, this was a rough game for him. It was as bad a performance as he has had since since um, Josh Reeves and him went at it in that Laker game and then kid benched him. Like he was a non-contributing zero, a negative 21 in 18 minutes. That's fucking hard. I know that this is it's single game stuff doesn't matter. Uh, his his statistical profile was non-existent. He, he, we have folks that are out there, like my my buddy Adam Mara's, he runs DNVR and Zach Lowe both think Josh Green is great. And I'm like, I don't want to get down the disparagement mode because I actually think he's pretty functional. But at the end of the day, he is still a six, four guard that will not shoot, cannot score when he gets scared. And isn't that good of a defender. He is strong when he's in a capable position to defend when he's on like on nights when he's on, I think he's a pretty functional guy, but he can't navigate screens. SJ covered that for Mazmoneyball.com. He looks like a third grader hitting a screen every time for the first time. And then when a guy gets ahead of steam on him, he's just like, where did he go? Like he, like he doesn't know what to do. I, I, I just, I find myself maddened. Am I, am I totally off key or am I just taking this out on him? I'm going to uh... let my wife, my wife told me I didn't actually switch laundry. Be right back. Okay. Uh, I, I understand. I mean, this was a pretty frustrating game from him. Um, 
The thing for me, the offense, the offense stuff doesn't bother me too much because uh, he's just never like those games where he had those huge explosive 20 point nights. I didn't really felt like that was like a realistic expectation for him. And I felt like that might've thrown things out of whack considering his role was going to change whenever with next season, considering, you know, Luca and Kyrie and the, and the, and the depth changes they made, he just never was going to touch the ball as much as he touched at times last season. So, so I kind of give him a little bit of a pass on the offensive side, but we're in year four and his defense is still kind of that sporadic youthful energy that doesn't seem concentrated enough that you'd like to see from a player who's now been in the league for a couple of years. He's obviously still super young. Obviously he had COVID kill his college season, kill his rookie season. He's going to figure it out. I really do think that because the tools are there. It's just, they need him now. Right. That's, that's exactly right. And it is a little frustrating to see going from year three to year four. I'm just I'm not seeing it on the screen. I'm not seeing it on the film. Like where's I mean, has he had a where's good game the defensive yet? improvement? Has he, he had a good game yet? Yes, he has. He's had okay. Which one? <laughs> oh, let me pull it up. Now now you got me on the spot. Uh sorry. He's, no, 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 you're okay. He had oh, where is it? I need to find his game. Friend, friend of the I'll, I'll I'll filibuster for a second. Friend of the show, no, I got it. Franco D magazine made the case that he played a very good game against Denver. And I think there's a case for that. I just found myself not caring because the Mavericks lost by double digits and never looked in the game. Yeah, and so. if you want to throw that away, I mean, he had 12 points. He had a, he had a decent game against Memphis, 12 points on 10 shots. Okay. Um, scored 11 points in the opener against the Spurs. I did like um, that game. That's, yeah. a, that's a fair one. He's had He's averaging about one and a half steals per game, so he's – He's made some defensive play, like splash plays, which is nice. He had another one in this game. Okay. It doesn't say that he had a steal tonight, but I swear he had a, a steal where Toronto kind of grabbed a rebound and was trying to bring it up the court, and he kind of took it away. Well, then, then it's to, it's, in, it's entirely him. under the realm of possibility but, that I'm being unfair no, because no, no, I no, just, but, as a top seven guy in the rotation, no, I need more from him. No, 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 but here's the thing. Like, those steals are nice, but that's one, like, three steals in a game is great but those are three possessions. Like he needs to string together more consistent possessions because, you know, otherwise, like you said, his screen navigation is not where it needs to be. His ability to get around screens, things like that. The, the over exuberant over helping, like I really thought that that would be something that would get better with age and maybe it still will. But like the fact that it still looks the same that it looked in year three, where he's just helping when he shouldn't. He gave up things. a Malachi Flynn. Like, he gave up a Malachi Flynn left corner three because he completely lost Flynn because he overhelped toward the center, didn't actually affect the play. And then the ball went to Flynn, who shifted over about five feet. Josh turned around and looked like a little league goalie trying to figure out where the ball went. And I I just he he needs to take about, I don't know, a step and a half less. And then know where his guy is. You just can't get lost like that. And again, I'm picking on him. I'm not being fair. Because Another bad matchup for him too, because everyone he guarded was pretty much weighed more than him and was yeah. like two inches taller than him too. So but that I, goes I, to the pro- you know, you look at the <laughs> when a 19 year old rookie center is out of your lineup, it yeah. should not cause this much of a cascading issue. And that's why they're still 
this team's still working for, like this team is still one more like they need one more starting caliber six eight forward before we feel like okay there's there's something cooking here i mean there's already something cooking but i'm talking about like contention like being well, a this, championship this gets contender. ahead this yeah, gets no. ahead but do you think like are are we to the point we played rough i mean the mavericks have played now it's eight full games that's one tenth of the season we've yet to see a meaningful olivier maxon's prosper minute should they just should they have tried him at one of these early ones just to see what he can do or do we think he's that far gone i don't think he's that far gone it's just do you want a guy that hasn't played any NBA minutes yet, do you want to throw him out there against a team like this? I mean, I never um, felt like the Mavericks were in this game. That's yeah. that's kind of the Mavericks. Like, so so you, you get to elements of this, and this is where it's, you know, kind of beating a dead horse in the ground. Third four, third game in four nights. They just didn't play. The, you could go through most of the roster. I thought Kyrie Irving had meaningful moments, but his 22 points – you know, four rebounds, five assists. I'm still wondering if he's just not particularly comfortable with his foot because there's just too many times when he's out there kind of standing by himself. But he might, him and Derek Jones might have been the only players that I thought really had good, good games, I guess, if if you could qualify it as such. Everybody else was either I'm ambivalent about or I'm, I thought played pretty poorly. Yeah, I understand. Jones had three blocks in 29 minutes, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's still shooting well, still scoring well. Teams are going to like let him do like it's basically kind of up to him. That's if not going to change this year. It, teams he, are not going to guard him. Shots. Yeah, so he needs to you know just if he can stay somewhat consistent, that's huge. The Kyrie thing was interesting because he shot the ball a little bit better. He kind of faded in the second half. I really wanted him to be more assertive throughout this game. Uh, There was a stretch, I think it was in the first half, where Luka was off and he was on. And you would think, okay, it's the Kyrie show. Uh, Like, that's kind of the point. He needs to run the offense so Luka can can get a blow, can get some minutes. And he kind of deferred to Tim Hardaway Jr. a lot. And THJ had three turnovers um, tonight, which for TH, like – THJ's job is to shoot the His ball. His job is to score. shoot. So that's yeah. hard. So to get three turnovers, like that's that means he was handling the ball way more than he should have. And there were like possessions where where Kyrie was on the floor, Luca was off, where Kyrie was spotting up in the corner and, and letting like THJ do some stuff with the ball. And it's like mm-hmm. I understand you want to share the ball and you want to be a good teammate, but that's the time of a game, and and that's kind of the area of the game where where it kind of there was started to be some slippage because they got off to a good start. It wasn't until they kind of went to the bench that things got a little funky, which is really weird because Toronto has been getting killed uh, with their bench units. So it was, again, another kind of little disheartening there. You know, Toronto's starters have played okay for most of the season. It's been their bench that has killed them in their losses. And to see that their bench kind of got them back into the game, um, you know, that was a little disappointing. Like, I think that should have been – what they were up, they had like a you know, kind of like a five, six, seven point lead occasionally throughout the first quarter, I think. And I think that second quarter when Luca was off, Kyrie was on, you got some bench players in the game. Like, ideally, that's when you want Kyrie to kind of step on the throat, so to speak, and like you know, dominate the game. Then Luca comes back in and you're rolling and you're just rolling from there. But well, so. that that actually allows a pretty good pivot point. Brian in the chat um is is very unhappy with Luca's level of play. And we tend to to, you know, just sort of naturally 
I tend to to either be unbelievably frustrated with Luca or I I pull back and don't really want to talk about him at all because I don't know how like you you go look at the guy's lines and he he just night after night he puts up these incredible numbers but tonight's night was a his numbers were bull 31 points eight rebounds I'm sorry eight assists seven rebounds four steals and a block he only had four turnovers but he was 11 of 26 from the field he forced a ton of shots that shouldn't have even gone up um and was incredibly frustrated by the length and also by the calls and guy like I don't know. Maybe it's because I had like a really rough parenting night with my seven-year-old, but like, I'm just like, fucking grow up. Like, stop. He's too good to do this stuff. And it's like, they're, you know, Kyrie was getting things going in the fourth and then they come back in and the Mavs defense of which he is a part is getting burned left and right. I'm just like, Guys, like, can we stop? Can 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 these just stop? Like, I, I'm at this point, you're getting very tired, cranky Kirk, because I understand <laughs> how good Luca is. I'm not being an idiot. I understood. I am being an idiot, but I understand how good Kyrie is. It's just, it's like I'm tired of seeing the same stuff. Like, I'm tired of it. Shit happens. You're not going to get calls every night. Don't let it affect your play. Yeah, there's definitely you know those first three games where he looked like God, basically. Mm-hmm. Like since the Memphis game, he's had... you're talking about this. Yeah, so since the Memphis game, he's uh here's his overall field goal percentage shooting. I'm just gonna round uh round where we're applicable. Thirty-one percent against the Bulls, forty-six against the Nuggets, forty-two percent against the Hornets, fifty-three against Orlando, forty-two percent against Toronto, and here are the turnovers, which is he is on a, a turnover spree right now. So we had he had zero in that Nets game when I was like, okay, cool. Since the Nets game, six turn. So, and these are all turnovers six against Memphis, six against Chicago, nine against Denver, four against Charlotte, six against Orlando, four against Toronto. Four is not horrible, but when he's sandwiching these fours around sixes and nines, he's been a little loose with the ball. Um, you know, his turn, what's his career? His career turnovers per game is four, um, so it's not – he's not but that like far tonight, off it, like but he he's averaging – yeah, mm-hmm. he's averaging a career-high turnovers per game right now at five, and his usage has actually gone down a little bit. So I would imagine if you want to filibuster for a second, uh, his turnover percentage is probably the highest of his career yeah, so far. Yeah, I mean, he had I'm, – I'm looking at this now because I remember the, the first three games he only had 10 turnovers, but that's kind of confused and masked by the fact that he had zero in that, that Brooklyn game. Someone on Twitter – sorry, I can't remember the name – basically said that the pace is part of Luca's problem, and I do not agree. I do not think it is pace. I think he is playing sloppy. And it feels insane to be like the guy averaging 32, 10, and 9 is playing sloppy. But you watch a game like tonight, and I don't know how you come to any other conclusion. They're still winning. But the the third quarter, or I'm sorry, the 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 yeah, it was the third quarter where they had a chance to make a run. My aunt is staying with us here, and she doesn't know anything about basketball. She's from from St. Louis, and she's watching the game with us. And about like at one point, she goes, "That guy needs to pass the ball. What is he doing?" And it was just Luca trying to will a shot in, and it's just 
if he's the engine, if he's going to be the one to cook and Kyrie's going to be much more of a B option than a 1A, then Luka can't really ha- afford to have too many nights like tonight. Yeah, I think so too. Um, actually, shockingly, his turnover, his percentage of team turnovers, so turnover percentage, he's at 48.1. It was 40.1 last season, but actually he's had 2022, he was a little bit higher, and 2021, he was a little bit higher than that. So actually, his turnovers are not his turnover rate's not that bad, but it just feels like he's going through a little bit of a period where he's been a little sloppy. He looks ball. haggard. I mean, there's there's a little bit of a debate going on in the chat um, about how you know one guy thinks he looks a little bit hurt. I don't think he looks hurt. I think he looks in shape, but then he looks haggard. And as a a dad with an infant, I can. I can tell you what Haggard looks like. I look in the mirror most days. And those first four games, I think, took a lot out of him in a way that that seven-game stretch did last year. And I just, I find myself a little concerned. Obviously, the fourth game, I'm sorry, third game in four nights is probably the biggest concern. They'll figure something out. But when you lose a game the way they lost tonight against a team that's just not this good, and the Raptors are going to be a playing team at best, I find myself questioning a lot of my priors. Now, they're back at it Friday, and I think the best course of action is for us to probably just close up and go to bed, but it's it's been rough. Yeah, I think, you know, we probably, let's get to, um, what's today? The 14th, let's get, let's get a week. Their next three games are Clippers and then the Pelicans twice, you know. If they can rebound and let's say they go two and one in those three games, I think we can maybe rest a little easier about the direction of where the season's going. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's weird because they're six and two. You can't deny that they've had this creeping problem in every single game they played, which is again the points in the paint and the size. But they've been able to blow by it with. You know, they've got a crazy offense. Um, so it was going to run into them eventually. I think the thing is, is can they – how do they rebound from that? Because this is probably the first, like, quote-unquote bad loss of the season. Like, the Denver loss wasn't fun, but you can – you know, Denver is a juggernaut. Like, yeah. to lose by 9 or 11 to Denver in Denver is not the worst result no. in the world. So this, I think this is the first time maybe that – Maybe kid will be getting on to the, you know, like this is probably the first time I wonder if they're like really angry uh, about a result of the game and we'll see how they kind of channel that. Hopefully Lively gets back on the floor. But yeah, I mean, look, when you play a six, six power forward, you're going to run into games like this. There's just going to, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, All right. No one take me seriously. I'm tired. The Mavs are tired. I think, I just want to say like, I don't think you were being, you were passionate tonight because this game was was frustrating, but I don't think, you know. This was a, a you used to, you use a phrase last year all the time. You, you, you would describe a game as dog water. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's what this game was. Just like, yeah. yeah, it never felt, it never felt great after that first quarter for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brother. All right. Here's the deal, guys. I'm not going to do another live show tonight. I go back to work tomorrow. Real crisp. Five days of eternity. It's really neat. Um, we'll do one Friday. I, I'm just too I'm too crabby. I'm not going to do a good job. I don't want to say anything that will get me in trouble. And when I feel like this, I will 
Um, so here's what I'd like you to do. Head over to MavsMoneyBall.com if you've not checked out any of the posts we had. So yesterday, because of an election day, I mean, it was election day for certain states, uh, the NBA didn't have any games again. And we threw up four articles I thought that were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got the recap and things like that today uh, that are, that are going to be going up shortly. Just lots of good Mavs content. Um, I'll be back uh, on my uh, horse of ridiculousness probably by Friday. Um, I might have to take every recap because the Mavericks have only one game. Like they win all the games where I write about them. Um, so, <laughs> so that's that's the conclusion um, that that I am the 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 person. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if you know, I forgot to do the call to action. If you could subscribe, um, like the show, that sort of thing, I'd really appreciate it. We'll be back on Friday, and until then, everybody have a good rest of the week. We'll talk soon. Bye, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.